Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. We're in the Gospel of Mark, and we've been in it, you know, probably, what, three years now? I don't know, something like that. So we should actually, Lord willing, finish it sometime this summer, and uh, I'm praying about the next book, but I'll just give you a little prequel. It's probably going to be the book of Daniel, so after Mark. So in any case, welcome if you're new, and uh, get your Bibles open to Mark chapter 10. We're going to be looking at something that's very familiar. Jesus has been repeating this message the closer he gets to the cross of Golgotha, the, the, the cross of Calvary, the closer he gets to Jerusalem for that final event where we know our sins would be taken care of, the closer he gets to that, the more he continues to teach his disciples intimately. And the message that keeps coming up is about being a servant, serving others and loving, following Jesus' example. And so today, as we're going through this passage, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 10, we're going to look at chapter 10, verse 32 through 45. But here's the thing. I want you to ponder a question, a question that was once presented to me that really challenged me, because we're looking at what it means to be a true servant, to be a faithful servant. And so I just want you to ponder this question. How do you react when people treat you like a servant? You know, the Lord's called us to be servants. He's called us to love each other and to serve each other. And so my question for you today is, how do we act when those around us treat us like servants? I think that's a good thing to ponder. But I'm going to read uh, Mark 10, verse 32 through 34, and then we're going to dive in. Starts in verse 32. Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them. And they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day, he will rise again. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. And we know that your word doesn't return void. And Lord, as we dive into these precious passages, Lord, that, that speak about the cross of Calvary, Lord, help us to understand in a deeper way what that means. And God, today, like I, I've already prayed, let me pray it again. Lord, don't let us leave here the same. Change us, Lord. From the inside out, work on every one of our hearts, every one of our minds, every one of our souls, Lord. Let us leave this place better and closer to you today, Lord. We praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this is just what I've read is a powerful passage in and of itself. That's pretty powerful, I think, that we see Jesus is indeed continuing his journey to Jerusalem. And they're on this final stretch of road. Remember, now they're leaving Judea and they're continuing south and they're approaching Jerusalem. And then verse 32 again, it says, now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was going before them and they were amazed. And as they followed, 
They were afraid. I was looking at this. I'll stop there for a second. I was looking at this, and I was really contemplating this. And it's a beautiful picture, though, because Jesus is leading the way. This first part of this verse, in verse 32, is what our example should be. Jesus is leading. The rest are following. And they were amazed. And I love that because that's us. We need to be those who follow our king and who are amazed by him. But then it says, and as they followed, they were afraid. You know, that's the one thing that you and I aren't supposed to be, is afraid. In these days we live, as we are heading to the pinnacle of time, we're letting our Lord lead and we are amazed at the world around us. But let us not be afraid. Let us not be those that are afraid. And the language here, what's being said is that, remember, there was a whole contingency with Jesus. It wasn't just the 12 disciples. There were many other men and women following with him. It was a large group. And also remember this, they're heading to Jerusalem for Passover. And so those roads would have been packed with people. There would have been people amazed that it was Jesus because he'd become quite famous. But this whole group, this whole contingency that's traveling with Jesus, they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then we're going to see Jesus is going to pull aside his 12 men, his disciples, and he's going to tell them for the third and final time, at least in Scripture, he probably told them more than this, but in Scripture he's going to tell them for the third and final time about his crucifixion. And the rest of verse 32 says, Then he took the 12 aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. And when Jesus says that something would happen, (laughs) it means it will happen. Do you understand that? He is the Word made flesh. He is the Word of God made flesh. And we know this about the entire Bible, is that it's the Word. It's God-breathed. It's a special book. And I think it's always good to remind us. You know, there were over 300 prophecies concerning Jesus' first coming. His first coming. Over 300, and they all came true. Prophecies like we know in Micah, the famous one, that he'd be born in Bethlehem. And, you know, how is a baby going to figure out how to do that? You know, it can't be faked. But he would also be born of a virgin in Isaiah 7. And it also tells us in that same chapter, he would be Emmanuel, God with us. What a beautiful thing that our God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we also know in Hosea 11 that he would have to leave and escape to Egypt. We know he would have a forerunner. And we know that forerunner was John the Baptist. And I love Isaiah 53. And I've told you that's the forbidden chapter for many Jews. The rabbis won't let him read it because it's so profound. But in that chapter, it's so detailed, and it tells us that he'd be rejected by his own, that is, the Jewish people. And we know in Psalm 22, which is one of my favorite psalms, it's an amazing passage because Psalm 22 tells us that his hands and his feet would be pierced, that he'd be crucified, that his garments would be divided among those that were there, and that not one of his bones were broken, would be broken. And all of that came true. And think about this. That psalm was written 800 years before crucifixion was invented by the Persians. And a thousand years before the Romans perfected it, his hands and his feet were pierced. There's nothing like the word of God. We also know that he would be crucified for our sins. That same chapter in Isaiah 53 tells us that. tells us that he'd be buried in a rich man's tomb. Psalm 16 declares that he wouldn't stay in that tomb. That he would not only take care of sin, but he would overcome death. That he would rise again. And all of those prophecies, every single one of them, and all the others, over 300 came true exactly like they said they would because it's the word of God. And here's the thing. If that is true about his first coming, then you can believe all of the passages, all of the prophecies about his second coming are going to happen as well. Because when Jesus says something's going to happen, when the word of God says something is going to happen, it's going to happen. 
And I just want to remind us of that because there's no other book like the Bible. There's no other book like the scripture that, we, that you're holding in your hand today. There's nothing like it. There's no other religious book in the world that is so bold to predict the future like it does, so boldly. There's no other book that's been so tested all these centuries later and they still, they can't damage the word of God. Oh, they think they can. And then every contradiction they try to point out, you show them how it's not a contradiction. So many men have sought to to disprove the Bible, and we know so many testimonies are these men who've tried to disprove the Bible then ended up believing the Bible and believing who Jesus was. That's the power of the Word of God, and it won't return void. And so when Jesus says these things would happen, they will happen, and he tells them where they're going. Verse 33, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. And you might be thinking, well, wait, I thought they were headed south. But that, you know, in our modern vernacular, we have GPS, we have maps, and most of us, when we see a map and we see north, we say it's up. We see south and it's down because we don't walk everywhere. But you know, in the days of Jesus, everything was up to Jerusalem because it was about 2,500. It is still, okay, it hasn't shifted too much. 2,500, thereabouts, feet above sea level, similar to here. But everything surrounding Jerusalem is either at sea level or below sea level if you go further down south. And so they knew they were walking up to Jerusalem. But I was thinking about this and pondering this, and I was just praying about this, thinking about Jesus leading the way up to Jerusalem. But, you know, his journey wouldn't stop there. He would continue to walk up. Jerusalem was a stopping point. But Jesus knew that he would continue to go up another hill once he got there, up that hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull, Calvary, to the cross, And I was thinking about this, and I I was pondering what kind of courage and boldness it took. Because remember, he was fully man. He was fully God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was fully man, fully God. And I started reading, and I found a couple commentaries that were talking about the courage it must have taken for Jesus to be so bold, to walk, to be bold, to lead the charge, to lead the way up to Jerusalem, and essentially up to Calvary. And and David Guzik, he's he's an excellent pastor. I I was sent his, um, his quote on this, and I want to read it to you because I think it's powerful. He said this, We sometimes don't think about or enough about the courage of Jesus. It took tremendous amount of bravery for him to walk straight towards his fate at Calvary and to do it walking in front of the disciples. The courage of Jesus is especially amazing in the light of our frequent cowardice as Christians, afraid to stand out for Jesus but he wasn't afraid to stand out for us. You know, when you really ponder that and you think about what the Lord did for us, it is amazing. And he knew what he was going to go through. He knew the punishment that was coming. He knew what he'd have to endure. And none of us, you know, if we can avoid, I'll just be honest, if I can avoid the dentist, I'll do it. I don't like the dentist. You know, my imagination takes off when I'm sitting in the lobby of a dentist. And if you're a dentist, I apologize, but, but, and I need one soon. So, but I go to the dentist and I'm in the lobby and I can hear people being tortured in the back and you can smell smoke and you can hear these drills grinding and I'm just like, I'm out of here. I don't like the dentist. I've had four root canals and man, I don't like it, but lots of dentists are going to heaven. So I love you. But Verse 33 again, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.